0: Conspiracy theories are most often a smokescreen to divert us from the true evil. My dad was right. This family's money is dirty. Imagination is far more fascinating than reality. Welcome to Working for Uncle Henry, the podcast. I'm the series author and your narrator, Angela Mullins. Well, it's important to include details when describing settings, Perhaps the hardest is settings that you're in all the time because you tend to take the details for granted. When dealing with fictional settings, you have to be sure not to forget the details. For the fictional town of Rolling Rivers, I have a map with all the buildings I mentioned and then some plotted out. For the Archer Estate, I have a floor plan, furniture, and other decor situated all around. I do the same for other places like St. Matthew's Church. I can even simulate driving through the town to see everything as it comes into view. Chapter 28. The train ride back to Virginia did not help to clear Parker's head. He stared out the window watching the world go by, wishing he had someone to talk to. Being an adult, stunk. He missed the church connections he had in college. Over those four years, he had made some good friends. As close as he made friends, anyway. While he had never been much for sharing himself, he had found listening to others helped. Everybody seems to go through the same kinds of things. Family, money, temptations, difficult people. They had all gone their separate ways after graduation. And since he wasn't into social media, he had quickly lost touch with them. Except Iju who had popped back into his life. But Izu had always been the jokester, not really one to go to for advice. But for the moment, Iju was all he had. As soon as Parker arrived back at the estate, he hopped on the freshly shined seat of his bike and strapped on his helmet. Thanks to Gerard's recent work, the bike cranked on the first try. He zipped out the gate, barely squeezing through as it opened. Venting his frustrations, he opened her up down the long drive and sped across the old bridge that led to the marshes. His back tire jerked on the damp dirt road of the marshes, forcing him to slow down some. But he still slung mud up on his boots and previously clean chassis. He passed several old shack houses on stilts before issues came into view. His first visit to his friends had been incidental, after finding a dead body and stumbling through the fog in search of help. The second visit was by chance through the woods as well. This time, he was driving into the marsh. Izu's orange Ford pickup was parked beside the swamp side house on stilts. The truck probably cost more than the house, Parker thought. Scattered broken and loose boards on the weathered pier signaled caution. The railing leaned outward a bit Iju was sitting on a safer-looking section in a green plastic chair, sipping from a solo cup. Several large trees draped above to provide shade from the hot August sun, but there could never be enough this time of year. Hey, buddy, welcome to my plantation, he said, spreading his arms wide. <laughs> this house looks more like a plantation worker's house, Parker replied. Hey, that sounded racist, but I'm going to let it go because I'm just that kind of guy. Besides, I'm putting all my money in retirement. He joked again as he wiped beads of sweat from his forehead before they reached his full brown brows. It's pretty hot out here. You do have air conditioning, don't you? Of course. I just like to keep my body prepared for when the power grid goes down. The Russians he winked. Parker shook his head and grinned. Hopefully that won't be today. I was about to grill some burgers. Want to join me? Sounds great. The food on the train had not lived up to the sumptuous descriptions on the menu, and he was starved. The two reminisced about college, ate, and played Need for Speed on Xbox. Iju didn't have much in the way of a house, but he didn't skimp on entertainment. The two had been competitive with their games in college. Parker usually beat Izu at this one, but today he was getting crushed, literally crashing and spinning out over and over. Iju celebrated his victory jubilantly until it occurred to him his opponent was seriously preoccupied. Man, you're really off your game. I never beat you at racing. What's up? Parker put down his game controller and shook his head. Uh, Just tired, I guess. Liar. And come to think of it, you ain't been very talkative either. He paused for a response, then continued. But if you don't want to talk about it, about what? Whatever's bothering you. Your mind is obviously somewhere else. You ain't played that bad since I introduced you to the game. He paused again for Parker to speak. Parker didn't. "'I'm a good listener, so I've been told. "'It's how I know so much.' Parker grinned and sighed. "'That's Jennifer.' "'Easy rolled his eyes. "'I should have known. "'Hey, what happened to the good listener?' "'I have listened and watched. "'I don't know why you put up with it. "'I mean, she's hot, "'and I might let her drag me around like a puppy on a chain,' "'but my motives would be totally different.' "'Parker frowned and shook his head. "'What are you talking about?' "'Easyu waved the suggestion off. "'Man, she's got you tied around her finger.' "'Easyu's thoughts drifted momentarily. "'I wouldn't mind being tied to any part of her body myself, "'but I I just want her to be happy. Hey, she looks happy to me.' "'Parker shook his head. "'She isn't happy.' All the drinking, drugs, partying, sex. Those are classic signs of searching. I just don't know how to get her redirected. What that is, is a classic celebrity lifestyle. And she's a celebrity. What do you expect? Look, you can't make her be good. One look at her says she don't want to be good. And until she wants to, nothing you say ain't going to change her. Parker sighed. Izu was probably right. But what would it take for Jennifer to want to change? Izu picked up a game controller and handed it to Parker. Rematch? Parker shook his head. "Uh, I don't think so. Hey, thanks for dinner and and everything. It was kind of like old times. He grinned at the thought for a brief moment. Wished he was back at that time in his life. He climbed on his bike and drove into town, just cruising this time through the streets of rolling rivers. He didn't feel the need for speed anymore, just thoughtful riding, feeling the warm summer breeze on his bare neck and arms. As Parker leaned into the curve past the Chesapeake Club, the white steeple of St. Matthews pierced through the robin's egg blue sky. Without thinking, he drove straight to it. Maybe he should go in, Jean's pickup and the secretary's VW were the only two vehicles parked in the lot. He parked and slipped through the front doors. The sanctuary was empty. As if being summoned, he proceeded down the aisle, straight toward the statue of Jesus standing on the table in front of the pulpit. Two tall, lit candles flanked each side of the statue. He wondered if they burned all the time when someone was there. His gaze drifted up to the massive and colorful stained-glass window in the back wall. It depicted five childlike cherubs looking worshipfully at King Jesus. The Latin words for Christ as King and Ruler were inscribed at the bottom. It was a truly beautiful testament of its title. On stands beneath the window were four liturgical praise banners. Parker sat down on the second row. Why the second? Why do people naturally avoid the front row in churches? Maybe he did because his father had made their family sit on the front row. He watched the candles flicker as he contemplated what to say to God. Father Jean cleared his throat as he entered from his study. Parker looked up just in time to see the minister stumble over the carpet. He was carrying a tote box of altar pieces that jostled and rattled with his misstep. Parker jumped up to help, but Jean waved him off with a subtle raising of his palms while gripping the tote in his hands. The tote slipped again, slightly, before he grabbed it with his hands. So sorry, the minister said with a hint of embarrassment on his face. He glumped toward the altar table. Uh, do, 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 do you mind? He asked with a nod from the tote to the table. Parker shook his head. No. Jean smiled been p- 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 polishing these all, all, all day. He set out a chalice matching tray and more candles. The, 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 the altar guild is, is, is on strike, I'm afraid. Parker didn't know what that meant, but he watched intently from his seat. He'd been in church all his life, but felt in foreign territory here. So many rituals and utensils. His curiosity about them was growing. Jean finished setting out the pieces, knocking a couple over and setting them back in place in the process. He dropped the toad on the floor and turned toward Parker. Did, did, did you want to see me about something? I guess. I just needed to come here. He looked around the room. Yeah, yes, M- many people find it easier to communicate w- w- with God here a, a atmosphere and 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 i i i like to think he's he's always here he pointed up i come here a, a lot well obviously i, I do, I do but, but but sometimes home is a, a, a little difficult to pray i don't think it matters where i go I, I just don't think god is listening Not not answering doesn't mean he isn't listening Parker smiled slightly. Uh, Good point. But there's so much going on that I don't understand. We always think if we understand things, we'll we'll, we'll feel better. But but, but I, I think God wants us to be comforted just knowing he's with us. There was that trust suggestion again. Then the people we pray for. Do you ever feel like you've prayed for someone so much and nothing's happening? No signs of making any headway? Gene nodded enthusiastically. Yes, you you, want to throw up your hands and tell them good luck and have it their way and and go to hell. Parker snapped his head up and looked at Gene. Well, no, not exactly, but... No, 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 no. Uh, Of of course, not not literally. Parker wasn't sure whether to laugh or not. May I ask who you're praying for? Well, my cousin Jennifer. Ah, yes. <laughs> well, d- d- don't don't give up. I I, I don't expect Miss Vincini has many people in her world uh, praying for her. She needs you to keep it up. Parker considered the truth of Jean's advice. Mine is my my brother Sid. Parker stared at him questioningly. my my, my person I-, I get tired of praying for. He's. He's a, a really bad sort. N- n- not many people praying for him either, so I, I have to keep it up. I, I, I light a candle for him every day. He glanced toward the votive stand where one burning candle shined among rows of votives. I, th- I think the, the the board is, is going to start taking the cost of the, the candles out of my paycheck. He smiled at Parker. Do you see him much? W- uh, we, we live together. That explained Jean's difficulty praying at home. What, w- would you like to light a candle for Miss Vincini? Well, well, what exactly does that mean? Well, the, 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 the candle or, 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 or the candle light represents the, the light of, of God. So when we light a, a candle for someone, it, it represents a prayer for God's light to, 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 to shine in that person's life. Hopefully, uh, uh, leading them to God. Parker liked the idea. Yeah, I believe I will. They approached the votive stand together. Parker lit the candle next to Sid's and quietly prayed for his cousin. Jean prayed for her too. Afterward, the minister patted Parker on the back. Remember, very few people get judged into life change. Judgment often reveals an absence of love. Y- you know, uh, remove the log from from your own eye first. Jean accidentally poked himself in the eye while demonstrating m- m- make sure she's your your friend and not just a, a, a project. The church secretary stepped inside and reminded Jean of the board meeting about to start. Parker thanked the minister and headed out the front doors. On a table near the doorway, he spotted the brochures left by the missionary speaker that had been there the previous Sunday. Parker picked one up and shoved it into his pocket. He smiled. The chat with Jean had certainly been more encouraging than the one with Iju. He knew he needed to not give up on Jennifer, or at least God was working on Jennifer. Reaching her would definitely be a miracle, but miracles still happened. Of that, he was sure. Father Gigi may be a bit of a bumbler, but his advice there at the end was pretty good. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for interesting links and info. Next time, Parker gets another earful of Henry's worldview philosophies.